Amen. Now, um, this side, complicated area. Uh, so I'm going to give a chance to uh, uh, take questions uh, verbally um, now from the floor. Uh, there's a question slip in your uh, uh, service sheet. If you don't want to ask anything publicly, you could scribble something on that, pop it in the red box on the welcome desk, and uh, um, we'll publish on the internet probably some, some of the responses. But uh, if you wanted to ask a question now to, to clarify or just understand something a bit more, or, uh, um, just help me, un- help me explain something a bit more clearly, uh, dude, let's do that. Yep. Uh, so elsewhere, the New Testament say, don't be judgmental. How do you balance that uh, requirement with this one? Yeah, I, I think we know the difference, don't we? So to be judgmental is to quickly uh, uh, rush to make an assessment of someone without establishing the facts. It's to consistently have a censorious attitude where we're looking to be critical and judgmental. Um, See, the very striking earlier in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 7, you get the famous, uh, in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says, look, don't point out the speck in your brother's eye. Remove the plank from your own eye. Don't be judgmental. Five verses later, don't be taken in by false prophets. Judge people by what they teach. But in one sense, you could say, oh, how do you put those two together? We know. Judgmental, a rush to make a judgment without establishing the facts, and a, a, a heart which is consistently censorious towards others. Don't be that. That's a miserable person to be. It's a miserable person to know. Um, but sometimes, you've gone through you've gone through these processes. I mean, it is a slow process. You don't rush this. You don't knock it out in a night, a week. You know, it takes a good block of time. When's it appropriate to turn the other cheek? Uh, when do you initiate church discipline? Yes, it's very striking. I mean, so uh, we'll talk about it next week. It's always the uh, the great get-outs. But of course, um, you have this setting here, chapter 18, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Peter asks, verse 21, how many times should I let my brother sin against me? Um, seven times before? No, 77 times. Um Again, so I think here, the, you, you work it out. Um, have they done something which actually requires recompense? If someone has, um, uh, if someone has it's stolen a thousand pounds, you've lent it, haven't paid it back on time as they said they would, well, you could just forgive it. And you're, you know, that might be the right thing for you to do, circumstances. But the question to ask is, what is for their good? Because verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 15, I want my brother to be won back. So they're clearly doing something which is uh, errant Christian behavior. So, a one-off, what was his name? Thank you. A one-off Egbert, who um, on one night is incredibly obnoxiously rude to you. Depends who you are. You could be the sort of person who has, a, has the skin of a rhino and just says, "You're in a bad mood tonight." You could be the sort of person who just dissolves in tears. No, I'm not saying one is better than the other. Just we have different temperaments. God has wired us differently. The rhino skin is good for things. Some things, not good for others. Um, uh, now, if you're the person who's collapsing and dissolving in tears, you, you're probably not going to move on until you've gone and spoken to that person. It's going to be a, 
frustration and inability to communicate. Um, so it sort of depends who you are. I guess the question to ask is, what is for their good? Or Egbert has been obnoxious to me tonight, and it was just my turn. Because over the last eight weeks, he's gone round the group. Um, now there's an issue there, and it needs to be addressed. For his good, he's going to alienate everyone, offend everyone. Um, if it's a one-off thing, out of character. What is for their good, I think a question, is church discipline just if it's a sin between two people within the church? What if the scenario is someone in the church has offended someone outside the church? Offended? Um, uh, uh, I think it's, what is, this is clear cut on a brother and a sister in church, or two brothers, two sisters in church. Um, that setting becomes a little more complicated. Uh, so if you look at something like 1 Corinthians 5, there this is the, the issue is the church is being brought into disrepute by the Christian's behavior. Now the issue there happens to be a man is sleeping with his mother. Um, and even the outside world is saying, what is, what is that? What is your church that you just tolerate that? Now, if it is known that what is this, someone in church is in business with someone outside the church, she won't call themselves a Christian, a secular setting, and this guy is obviously, demonstrably doing this one over financially, and the outside world says, what is that? This bloke is, you know, is a member of your church, and he just does that, and well, at that point, you'd have to step in and get involved. So, life is messy. Um, and often these things, you work it out case by case. You sit down with your Bible open and think, uh, what pertains here? Um, yes. So Ginger made the point, the, uh, if, if the offending party, the sinner, repents, all is done. And if you forgive them, sit next to them. Uh, yeah, that may be hard, uh, first of all. But um, of course you don't go through this process. There's no problem if there's repentance. Because you and I every day, today, committed all sorts of sins. Um, probably against others here. We've probably annoyed someone here. Forgive them. Repent. Move on. Yeah. Uh, we, we, yeah. Phil acknowledges we're drifting a little bit, so this may be the last one. Um, uh, uh, it's a slightly different scenario. So uh, he is a member of the church. Someone outside the church who wouldn't call themselves a Christian uh, offends, sins. Um, let's run with the same analogy. Uh, so it's a business. The person outside uh, offends the uh, the Christian uh, how far does the Christian try and pursue forgiveness? As far as you can. As far as you can. But there are two stages to forgiveness. One is, I'm willing to forgive you. If the person says, well, bully for you, I don't want your forgiveness, I don't need your forgiveness, then there's never a full reconciliation. Um, and so Jesus can die on the cross and say, Father, forgive them. But that doesn't mean everyone in front of him is automatically forgiven by God. They need to accept the forgiveness that Jesus offers by trusting in him. You see, there, there's always two stages. So you, you offer. Sometimes that gets thrown back in your face. Then you try again. A week later when they've calmed down. Ultimately, sometimes, in a fallen world, you don't get reconciliation always. And that's the truth. 
Let me pray one more time. Again, the, uh, if you've got more questions, do write them on the green things uh, paper. Uh, throw them in the, in the box. But let me, uh, let me leave this once more in prayer. Father, above all, we want to be a, a community that is uh, loving towards one another. And love is wise. Um, love is willing to uh, bear a cost. Love is willing to forgive. Love knows that sometimes it's right to pursue this process of discipline for the good of a brother or a sister. Give us wisdom in this arena, we pray. Will we be a church where we love one another, pursue one another with love, we ask in Jesus' name.